Welcome to the Building Community Podcast, a show for thought leaders like you. You know that success depends on relationships between your organization and the people in and around it. In our show, I speak with experts about building people networks and engaging community. Together, we share how community helps you reach your corporate goals. I'm your host, Simona Pecha, and I've been empowering organizations for a decade and a half doing exactly that. Ready for it? Listen in as we set out to make communities thrive. What we do is simply keep up their motivation. Says Michele Ajato, and he also shares how he and his team do just that. Michele is the head of community at Vorwerk International. Vorwerk is a German family business that sells household and kitchen appliances directly to consumers. Their Thermomix community is built on people's love for cooking and food. It's a space where amateur and professional chefs share recipes and engage with each other. It dates back to when the first Thermomix appliance was launched in 1971, and it currently counts over 5 million members across the globe. Michele believes that giving their customers what they need to best enjoy Forward's products is the key ingredient for community success. And his advice? Find out what motivates your members and deliver just that. Hi, Mikhail, and thanks for being on the show today. Thank you, Simone. Forwork is a family business that operates internationally, Michaela, and you have a business model that sells directly to consumers. The products that you have are home appliances, and you specifically work with Thermomix. That's an appliance that cooks and blends in one device. You manage a community that's quite impressive in size. It's over 5 million members for the Thermomix community, and that community was built on quite an interesting perspective that's relevant for everybody, I think, and every day, because your community comes together around its common passion for food and for cooking specifically. Yes, absolutely. When you purchase a Thermomix kitchen appliance, what you purchase is a bunch of plastic and metal and wire, and it's only through the recipe and the cooking with the appliance that you really discover the product benefits, something you can smell, something that you can taste. And recipes play an, a very crucial role, a very central or strategic role in our business. I have to say that Fovec is a direct selling company. So we do not sell through you know, a reseller or exclusively online, but it's actually presented to you by a person, so-called advisor. And so if you wouldn't have the recipes you know, a, a person that doesn't know anything about this kitchen appliance will not be able to discover all the benefits that it can give to your life. You know, healthy recipes, homemade cooking made easy and so on. And um, so to solve actually this, this pain point of, okay, where we got the recipes, Fulbert started very early, already in, in the 70s when the product was launched to develop own recipes as part of their content marketing strategies and then to um, sell and market these recipes in form of cookbooks and customer magazines and later also in forms of mobile apps. But what we learned is that, you know, the, the, the interest for recipes has become so differentiated 
among people just think of today we have vegan and paleo and vegetarian, which is not the same as vegan. And then you have people that want to eat more uh, protein um, style dishes and so on. So it becomes very challenging for us to cover all these needs. And so we helped our customers to develop their own recipes and publish them. And that triggered really the network where people came together to share their recipes, but also comment, discuss the cooking experience with Thermomix and obviously also the recipes. So it, it, it was organically created starting from our business model for sure, but then also from the need we have to show and leverage the product benefits of Thermomix. So your members are not only professional chefs. Your your members are amateur cooks who, you know, throw ingredients together and develop their own recipes because they want to be part of the community, because they have a passion for the product that you're offering to them. Yeah, but mainly people who feel not satisfied or happy with the recipe content that Forex provides. So if you purchase the Thermomix, Mix, what you get is the basic cookbook, which already contains about 200 recipes. So it's an amazing offer. But we had so many situations where customers are like, yeah, but you know, I would like to cook more with that ingredient. I prefer that one. And some of them really start developing their own recipes or even maybe liked cooking before and said, wait a second, I don't need your recipes. I have my own recipes, the one from my grandmother, for example, right? And then they start adapting these recipes to Thermomix. And by having a place where to share them that great content, we also then obviously leverage the possibility to gain social recognition from their activities and magic was there. So there's two points I want to touch on. You mentioned the social recognition. That's getting the attention of their peers for the recipes that they're producing. If that's the magic ingredient or if there is also the intrinsic motivation for people to create and to build. And the second is, it sounds to me that Thermomix is not only a brand community, but that it's predominantly a knowledge community that creates value in the form of building new recipes and giving people new opportunities to try and test your product. Mm -hmm. I think you said something very important there, intrinsic motivation. By fueling the social recognition, obviously we triggered intrinsic motivation, but then there is also other motivations that we have discovered. The other is exclusivity and personal growth. We realized that some people value if you give them an exclusive relationship with the brand. And you're right, maybe that community within the community, that VIP area within the community can be considered the actual brand community. The personal growth is where we help people better in what they like to do out of them, their own interests. And um, in all these cases, we talk about intrinsic motivation. So we, we offer incentives as well, but they never connect to situation. If you do this, then you will get that. We stay away from that because what we saw is that it's really harming the quality of the relationship. It's literally corrupting the quality of the relationship if you do that, because people then would only do, oh, okay, I did this, you gave me that. So the next thing, I want to have more, right? So people don't do it 
than uh, because it makes them happy. Mm -hmm. And that's a critical point that we look into very careful. I must also add that, you know, we very often just talk about the community did this and the community did that. But the reality is that only a very small percentage of people that are part of this community are actually um, creating the value for the rest of its members. So there is this participation in inequality, as it's called, and we have seen that the 1991 rule applies to our community like it applies to any other community. Obviously, sometimes it, it shifts. Maybe the 1% becomes a bit bigger because overall the community is smaller. But that was actually that opportunity where we saw like, okay, let's look, who are these people that represent this 1% of highly super engaged, super fans, if you want. And is there a possibility to build a community for them exclusively? Like I said, like the, the VIP section within uh, the discotheque. Or and what is it that you do from the corporate perspective to encourage people to be more engaged, to produce more content? Because obviously you need that content for all the other people who are just consuming, who are the more passive uh, members yeah. of the community. Yeah. Well, at the beginning, we just needed to provide a platform that was fulfilling needs or desire. I know that sometimes in community strategy, you likely not talk about the platform at the very beginning. I, I prefer to focus on the goals and strategy first. Um, but in our case, it makes sense because we saw that you know, on so many different platforms, talking about recipes and cooking, we could find conversations about cooking with Thermomix and even Thermomix recipes. So we said, why not building a place where all these people can meet and it's their place? And that's why when we created um, the recipe community or the Thermomix brand community platform, we even didn't think of calling it Thermomix. We call it uh, recipe community. <laughs> oh, mm -hmm. just an um, um, amazing, okay. amazing effort of creativity. I agree. <laughs> uh, in in Germany, well, you're, you're trying not to brand it. You're trying to make exactly. it not about the brand, but about the people who are using it, right? Exactly. We were careful because we said, like, we don't want to sound like we're gonna come as a marketeer and then and go for registered users that will never be active, and then you have this huge amount of registered people that will never return to your platform. We wanted to really have active members, and that's why we call it Rezeptwelt in Germany. In, in Italy, it's called Ricettario Bimbi. So we have branded in some places. Espace Recette, it's without the brand name in France. So we really thought about it and how to do it. That's all it needed to bring these people. And then once they were there, we just need to make sure that they are happy. And at the beginning, we didn't do, I would say, perfect job because we very often focus too much on people that were not happy. You know, we call them vocal minorities. They're not happy, but they're very loud. They're very extensive, you know, talking a lot. And okay, you need these people as well. But um, we shifted then about saying, okay, let's see who is this 1% that actually creates 100% of the value on the platform and make sure that these people that create 100% of the value are actually happy. And that was the starting point of the Community Start program, which is this community within the community. And there, what we do is simply keep up their motivation. So we give them exclusivity. For example, when we launched the recent Thermomix, the TM6, we did the press event, we invited press, we invited influencers, but then we invited also the members of the Community Star 
program, right? So suddenly they were like throw into this very exclusive network of press people and influence. And I felt like, well, I'm important. You can think of how you value a relationship with the person that you like. I tell you, it works exactly with the same mechanism. And then if you're not able to value that, that, that relationship, with a person that you like, well, then it's very yeah. difficult. Well, that's, that's a very that's good approach that community managers can have, right? Treat yeah. members of the community the way that you would want to be treated by friends yourself. I, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I always say the way in the past brands have created communities is like Valentine's Day mm -hmm. and you go to your partner and give him or her like 20 bucks, go and buy yourself flowers. Yeah. That, that's how in the past they, they were like designing communities. And obviously it fades because it's like, well, you don't value me. You don't appreciate me. You mm -hmm. give me just 20 bucks for mm -hmm. go and buy flowers mm -hmm. instead of surprising your partner with the flowers. Yeah. That's a good analogy. You got to put in the thought, the effort. And the time, you got to give it time to develop this relationship. I kind of always use this analogy that yes. building a community, whether it's a brand community or a community of value, is very similar to building relationships in real life, right? Yeah, when I meet absolutely. somebody first, to me, it's like, okay, I may like the person immediately, yeah. but I will only develop a relationship, put trust in them and rely on them after yeah. a period of time where I'm building this yeah. emotional connection. Yeah. Absolutely. It's exactly the same ballpark here. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned a few things. I want to go back a bit to how do you build real people-to-people -people relationships, the yeah. human component of it. Yeah. Um, I must say that one very strategic element that makes our life so much easier is the fact that we are direct selling company. And direct selling is based on the relationship, on trust between the person that is selling you a product and the person that is purchasing in the product, and then it's word of mouth. So the whole business model is highly sustainable and scalable, community-driven. That's why also very resistant in crisis, as we could see now during the pandemic. In regards to the customer's community, there is a regular information cycle. Updates are not just shared by an email, but it's actually a little event that can also cure online where you share information that people get even before anybody else. We all obviously try to find a purpose where we connect the customers to a process in the value chain of forward, whether this is idea validation of a product idea we have, or we want to understand whether some pain points. If I ask you a question, I acknowledge you because I trust you can deliver the answer and help me with that question. And that's everything it needs in order to renew the relationship and extend it and make it grow. Yeah. So let me find out from you, where is the home of the Thermomix community within Vorwerk? Are you part of the marketing arm? Where is your place in the organization? <laughs> that's a good question. Right now, the team community is in the broader team digital. So everything that has to do with digital touch points or a digital business model, we are kind of a service provider that connect with a lot of different functions within the organization. And we act as an interface between the brands and external peers like customers, advisors, influencers, micro-influencers. So 
wherever we are, whether in the marketing or product management, doesn't really care. We just have to be considering that community works as an interface between the brand and external peers. And within a large organization like Vorwerk, specifically, community needs to solve pain points of stakeholders within an organization to find its place, to get buy-in from other stakeholders. So you have probably a product development team, sales team, marketing, HR. So you need to intersect very closely with those stakeholders so that you can solve their pain points, so that you're going to be integrated in their planning and their activities and their strategies. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm observing a lot is that you have community managers and they obviously very passionate about building communities. And, and I mean, you need this passion because you need a lot of energy to do it. But then they just focus on building the community for the community's sake. And I, we always have to focus that if you do it within a business context, a business is made to make money. Right. And therefore, it's very important to a community manager to understand what the pain points are, what the needs are of all different kinds of stakeholders. You mentioned few. It's like a social media, it's relevant to everybody. And once they understand the pain points, they can then figure out where they can connect with the community and make them engage in the value creation for, for, for the business. How do, you, how do you approach that? What's the process for that? I must say, I'm very fortunate that I have built strong ties within the organization since the very beginning. I was just like a spider in his hole, waiting for an opportunity to jump out. And one opportunity was when we launched the processor model of the new Tomix, I was able to process digital recipes. You cannot imagine how difficult it is to connect any kind of devices out of your kitchen with your Wi-Fi signals. Why would you need a Wi-Fi signal in your kitchen, right? So we suddenly were facing huge challenges on how to get this Wi-Fi thing connected with all kinds of different kitchens. So you went to the community and you asked for their feedback? And we went to the community and said, do you want to join product testing for this new device? Yes. And then we shipped, I think we shipped about 2,000 around the world. The cool thing was that they could test it in a real kitchen. And I remember all the challenges that we faced at the very beginning, we managed to solve through that approach. And with that, it was a very positive experience to product management. And literally after that, the gate, the gates were open. So that was like the perfect win-win in that situation. It's fascinating. Let me find also out how do you deal with challenges, friction within your community? You're spread out globally to a lot of different regions. You have a lot of local community managers that you work with. So you have cultural differences. Then you have the age differences of your member base because everybody loves cooking, whether it's somebody in their 20s all the way up to their 70s and 80s. So your product is used by a lot of different people. So what specifically is the role of the community managers individually? And do you have community guidelines that you implement officially? In regards to culture, yeah, I was not sleeping at night because that, that's actually a big challenge. You know, Italians have a completely different way to deal with people than the German does. But that's where the community guidelines play an important role because you create a framework standard that, by the way, I would always recommend to develop mutually together with the community managers that are in the one-to-one interaction with your community, never alone or top-down. And then 
embrace diversity. So we have some countries that prefer to manage your community in a certain way, others in a different way. So we don't have the same kind of community management everywhere. Uh, that's simply not the case. We have local differ- differences. For example, in UK, they allow their community managers to do things which Germany says like, no, no way. So for example, they're not allowed to share any other competitor's product on the social media uh, streams. I would say, well, that's quite bold, right? But that's why Germany works. And in UK, there's a different approach. So that's mm-hmm. just an example. So you adapt your community practices to the geographic and cultural. So the culture particularly, yes. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. So your organization is a very community-driven business. Mm-hmm. Should organizations that want to build communities, that want to incorporate community thinking into their strategies, how should they go about doing that? Because we're in a world now where people want to be more connected, where people want to have purpose, yeah, sure. where they look at organizations that they can identify themselves with to purchase products from them rather than organizations they can't identify with. So what makes a business a community-driven organization? Well, you know that always when it entails change management of organization is a very challenging part. But I think that if a, a brand is looking to build a community that can help them doing better business for the customers, then I, I think there's two things needed here. The first is they need to identify a topic that triggers engagement, interests, participation out of intrinsic motivations. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is understanding your internal needs. It's in understanding your, your internal stakeholders. What do they think about connecting with external peers about crowdsourcing, for example. What do you think about it? Where are opportunities to do that? And once this is settled and you have identified these two elements, then it's very much about finding that person. I'm really talking about one person that feels motivated intrinsically and has knowledge and skills to contribute to what could be a challenge within the business, right? And this is one person. And then you find a second person and you find a third person and so on and so forth. So it's really about building relationships one by one until you reach a critical mass. Um, Usually you have this situation where at a certain point, the community takes over and they start creating content on itself because they already feel part of something bigger something more important, they like to contribute, and then you can go into moderation and just make sure that this intrinsic motivation keeps on a high level. Yeah, so one can argue that building a community from the ground up is a similar analogy to building a house. You have to have a foundation, but you start with one brick at a time, one person at a time, and then you add to it. And over time, it builds into something bigger and where you want it to go, and it gets its own dynamics. You even can think, when you think about, we, we had platform before, um, you even don't need a platform at the very beginning. You can, you can create a distribution list by email. That, that's also a way to connect. Obviously, it's not super fancy and it lacks on a lot of things to help grow the engagement. But at the start, I would really recommend to keep the, the, also the investment very, very low at the very beginning well, that- and then come up later with it. 
You're touching on a good point because that's usually the biggest challenge that we face when we're trying to incorporate community in organizations the very first time. We need a proof of concept first. We need to show what is the added value, the ROI for the organization before we can actually get the support of senior management, before you can get the budgets, right? Question is, it's like the chicken and egg scenario. What comes first? We need a budget to do something with, but it doesn't take huge budgets. It can be baby steps. You can have a huge impact with not a huge budget. No, but it's even again, you know, it's the relationship question coming up here again. You cannot expect top management to trust you and your idea about the value of the community. You have to come up with tangible steps and also things where they can embrace their mind around it. Like a scenario like, hey, I need, I don't know, this budget because I want to support engineering in getting better product. We have this scenario. Maybe you show up at the meeting with your lead engineer that came back. We have that need. That's true. Mm-hmm. Right? It's Very specific. You make it relatable yes. for the business yes. side now yes. because you're coming yes. more from the emotional and the people side and not so much from the data side. And, and unfortunately, nobody understands that. Mm. Well, you know, that's the thing that where sometimes really I could think of why I'm doing this job. It's like, you know, we are human beings. We are emotional Dude, there is research saying that 80% of our decisions are taken emotionally and intuitive. Why, for God's sake, we think that in business, everything has to be all narrational, you know? It doesn't make sense. But that's the reality. And we as community managers that have experienced so much of this irrational behavior from our community, we go into these board meetings and come like, yeah, and wow, passion and emotions and tra-la-li and tra-la-la. And people just stare at you. It's like, what this this dude smoked, you know? Where is this guy coming from? I've experienced that so many times. So that's why you need a strategy, right? Uh, yes. Communities in large organizations like yours can only be successful if there is a strategy yeah. that everything is based upon. You need to really write out why you're having your community, where you're going with it, what are the end goals, and what are the metrics that allow you to measure whether you're successful or not successful. And then that's what you can use to report back to senior management. So a community manager needs to have wear a lot of different hats, right? They need to be on one side, the strategy person, and on the other side, the empathetic relationship builder. Yeah, absolutely. And you're touching on a very good point. And that's why I believe today we can already consider that there is no such role anymore like community manager because that area has already started to become very specialized so somebody that is developing strategies like i do i must say i probably can i say it i suck at community management (laughs) you know at the one-to-one elaborate (laughs) i i I know all the theories but i i'm so i i mean think the last conversation i have moderated it's more like more than six years ago uh-huh. I, but I'm good at developing strategy. I'm the one can go into a board and convince the board why they have to invest and then also come up with metrics that can show a return on the investment. But then you have also people that become specialized in the community technology because that's also something that is start becoming much more specialized. Yeah. Over the last few years, community has developed. Maybe we can think of it a little bit like the entire social media vibe has changed our marketing approaches. Maybe community helps us change our approach in 
communicating with our customers and our most important stakeholders. Because for marketing, it used to be just direct marketing. Then it went to yeah. social media. Now we have mm-hmm. new roles in organizations. You have social media managers. Yeah. You have, you know, all the managers of virtual yeah. communications, podcasting yeah. and yeah. video Absolutely. outreach, that Absolutely. sort of thing. So Absolutely. One That's community a very good manager example, yeah. shouldn't have to do strategy, engaging the community, <laughs> dealing with the feedback, yeah. right? So that's that's yeah. oftentimes the psychological and sociological components that, that come in yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you were mentioning before, you know, that with in the marketing field, if I look customer marketing, that, that customer engagement, you know, how that grows because you just realize it's not just about you know, engage with social media to increase the reach, but you also want to make sure that you recruit, retain, and recover customer uh, relations because it's so much cheaper to sell a product to an existing customer than to actually gain new customer. That's much more expensive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, absolutely going that direction. Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe a last question. You've touched upon a number of different communities that we can build. It's not just the customer communities. It's also communities for suppliers, for other stakeholders. And you're active in a faith community as well. Do you see parallels between faith communities, what we experience every day in our personal lives and the communities that you see at work? Yeah, you mentioned faith. It's a mm-hmm. Catholic parish, you know, and yes, the, yes it's totally a community. And I see very similar mechanism. The funny part, which was new to me in that, is that the scope in that sense is even a bit broader than just the purpose-driven community, like, I don't know, cooking or, 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 uh, or recipes. So they play a lot of dynamics of behavioral science, which I learned really during these last six months. You know, people in a certain age, when they start thinking of their life is now facing maybe the, the last quarter or the last third of their life, and they feel that they don't have nothing achieved meaningful before, then they start putting pressure that they want to achieve something. And suddenly you see these people engage with an intensity on topics where I would say like, hey, we're just talking about the color of a window. <laughs> I mean, just making examples, right? And they go in as it's a matter of life and death. And it is to them. Yeah. So um, that, Very that's purpose learning driven. That different, yeah. different purpose. You're back to the your intrinsic motivation that kind of guided us throughout the whole conversation today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that is confirmed, Dan, but the intensity is just overwhelming. But it's very fun. I like it. Perfect. Well, with that, Michaela, I'd like to thank you for being on the show today. You're a wealth of information. I very much enjoyed hosting you. Thank you very much, Timone. Thank you for listening to the Building Community Podcast. Is there a leader in your organization or network who needs to hear this? Please share this podcast with them. Help get the word out about the immense value of community. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave us a review. Until next time, help your communities thrive.